Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you today. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Man, it's good to see all the smiling faces around the room this morning. I pray you've had a good week and everybody's been staying cool, as, as cool as you can right now. Um, we're missing quite a bit of our crew this morning. Our, our youth group and our youth pastors loaded up this morning and took off for their missions trip. They left about 9.30 and so we want to be praying for them throughout the week. Please remember them uh, as you go throughout your week this week. Uh, they're ministering on Friday night there at the, the Passion Play in Eureka Springs. And so uh, I, I know there's some that are loading up and going to, to watch them. And so uh, if that's something that you'd be interested in, I know Jason and, and the crew would love to see your familiar faces. And so uh, I think Lynn and Sherry are going up, and, and there's a few others that I know that are going to go. And so uh, enjoy and have fun. How many are ready to worship the Lord this morning? He's worthy of our praise today. We're excited about the day that the Lord has blessed us with. Why don't you stand with me if you wouldn't mind today? I don't know how you feel about it this morning, but I just need a good old rain. How about you? And I'm not talking about just the one we need so desperately on the outside. We need a rain to fall in our hearts and in our lives as well. We need a rain to fall in our nation today, church. We need a rain to fall. So why don't we open services this morning just by praying for a rain, spiritually and physically. And let's just believe God. Watch what God does. When God's people pray, He said if we'd humble ourselves and pray, He'd hear and He'd heal. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, we cry out to you for rain. Lord, let the rain fall on the inside, and God, let the rain fall on the outside. God, we pray for our nation today. Let, let rain fall upon the United States of America. God, I pray for eyes to be open. I pray for hearts to be refreshed. God, I pray for a great spiritual rain to begin to be poured out. Lord, we love you today. We praise you today. And God, we're excited about who you are and all that you do. We give you the thanks, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord together today. We are your church. We are your sons and daughters. We've gathered here to
as you're seated this morning. I need the ushers to come this morning if they would, please. <laughs> you know, I, I think... So here's the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. Obviously, the church has got to have money to function. I mean, that's just, that's just part of reality. Um, but I got to be completely transparent as I always have been as your pastor and that is money really isn't important to me <laughs> it's just not we we have board meetings monthly and we go over the finances of the church and and God's always so faithful to take care of the needs that are that are before us but but for me personally uh, something that you've always known about me I don't know who pays tithes and who doesn't pay tithes I don't want to know that's between you and the Lord right and so uh, I, I never know anything about that but but I do know what the the weeklies are I do know what the monthlies are but but it's never been at the top of my list and so if I forget from time to time to to receive the offering uh, just know that our uh, okay if I forget on a weekly basis to receive the offering 
just know that our Father owns all the cattle that are on a thousand hills and, and the lights are still going to stay on and the bills are still going to get paid. And, yeah, and there's still a box in the foyer, okay? <laughs> so let's pray over the offering today, please. Father, thank you. Thank you for the reminder of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the reminder of, of my deacons. And Lord, I just pray right now that you'll bless this offering. God, use it for the glory of your kingdom. Uh, Father, the furtherance of the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, it's always about you. It's always for you. We give as giving unto the Lord. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. incredible worship team a hand clap we love them appreciate them so much sister Julie's so flexible to work with me and never fuss about it <laughs> y'all don't know I got a little fan right there because I'm a fat over sweaty preacher and so whoo I gotta have the cool off fan to keep me going or I'm going to have a meltdown, and that wouldn't be pretty in front of y'all. It wouldn't be pretty. Man, I love you guys. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. I pray you've had a great week. Continue to pray with me for rain. Uh, man, we, we need it so desperately bad. Uh, it's so dry. You walk across the yard, and the grass sounds like, uh, you know, it's just crunchy dead leaves, and so uh, there's nothing, nothing green out there. Uh, if, it, if it is, well... Billy McFatridge, his yard is beautiful. He has a green yard. Um, I don't want to pay his water bill, but he's got a beautiful green yard. I'm just, I'm just saying, that guy, uh, he keeps it looking nice. And so I, I'm so, so thankful for you guys being here this morning. Uh, it's a good day to be in God's house. Amen. It's always a good day to be in God's house. I want to worship him this morning, and I know you guys do as well. I want to get into the word. And so uh, right there where you're seated, would you join me one more time in just declaring praise unto the Lord? Come on, all around this room. Father, how good you are to us, how mighty, how merciful, how, how blessed we are to be called sons and daughters of, of the Most High God. Lord, we thank you that you're here to do great and mighty things in our midst today. And God, again, we thank you for our youth group. Protect them, keep them safe, Lord, and you receive the glory and the praise for it all. In Jesus' merciful and mighty name, we, we pray and we applaud the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise one more time. Thank the Lord. 
How many are grateful this morning for the power of God? How many would agree with the pastor this morning when I say that, that with God all things are possible, right? With God, all things are possible. He's a, a, a mighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. He set the stars in order. He knows the numbers of the grains of sand on the seashore, and he knows the numbers of the, the hairs that are upon our head. He is a great, big, mighty, miracle-working God today. How many believe that this morning? I, I believe it's a humbling thought that, that the God is, who is so vast and the God who is so mighty is the, the same God who desires to have a daily personal relationship with you and I. Right. Isn't it crazy to think that, that God knows us as intimately as he does? Nobody knows you better than, than God other than yourself. You know all your flaws. You know all your mistakes. You know all your shortcomings. But, but guess what? God knows all that stuff about us as well. God knows our, our failings. He knows our shortcomings. He knows our mistakes. But, but yet God chooses to love us anyway. Man, that's incredible to me today, church. Uh, our Father who is in heaven wants to be involved in every area of our lives. He wants to be involved in your fun times. God wants to be involved in your workplace. God wants to be involved in your relationships. Because God loves us the way he does, because he cares about us the way he does, he wants to be involved in every area of our lives. And I submit to you this morning, that includes every relationship that you have. God wants to be involved in your relationships as well. How many understand this morning that, that as we go about life and living life, that, that we have a lot of different relationships as we go through life, right? We've got relationships with people that we work with, and we've got relationships with our friends and our family members. We've got relationships with people that we go to church with, and then we've got a relationship with the person who lives next door to us as well. People who check us out at the grocery store, you might not think about having a relationship with them, but if it's that same face that you see every time you go and check your groceries out, friend, you have a relationship with that individual as well. And the truth is, is that we have the opportunity through all these different relationships to, to have with all these different people. And every one of those relationships have their own nuances. They, they have their own dynamic. They have their own uh, situations and circumstances in every relationship that you come into contact with. And the truth this morning we need to hear and understand is, along with the different relationships that we have, come the opportunity to be offended by somebody that you have a relationship with. How many understand the old enemy wants to use offense to divide and to conquer? The enemy wants to bring nothing but division into the lives of God's people. Uh, uh, something that, that was said or something that we thought was said can cause d division. It can cause offense to come into a person's life. Something that was done or, or something that we thought was done can cause division and, and offense to come into a person's life. And the next thing you know, that relationship that at one time was so close and so strong and so personal has now been broken apart because of an offense that took place. Has anybody in the room ever been offended? The rest of you need to get saved right now if you didn't lift your hand. The truth is we all have the opportunity to be offended and the truth is we all can get offended pretty easy sometimes. Amen? We can walk around with a, with a chip on our shoulder just waiting on somebody to, oh, I dare you, go ahead and knock that off, right? Offense is easy to come by. In fact, the Lord himself says that it's impossible for offense not to come. We all in our lifetime will deal with offense. And through the offense, many times we can deal with broken relationships.
I believe that God's desire for conflict is resolution. And I believe God's desire for broken fellowship is restoration. And church, if there's one key word that we have to have to get past the offense, if there's one key word that we have to have to have restitution and resolution, it's forgiveness. I want you to hear your pastor today. We need to have forgiveness in operation in our lives this morning. I believe that we need to receive forgiveness, and I believe that we need to give forgiveness away as well. I submit to you this morning, church, that there's power in forgiveness. Find your Bibles, if you would, please. We're going to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. It's where we begin our study this morning. Matthew, chapter 6, and verse 14. Jesus said, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow. Let's pray together. Father, have your way in this meeting this morning. Lord, please leave nothing undone that you want to do. And God, I pray that, that the power of forgiveness come alive inside of every uh, set of ears and every heart in this room today. Lord, it's all for your glory. It always has been and it always will be. God, for your namesake and for your praise, we love you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord one more hand clap if you wouldn't mind. I'm thankful today for the power of forgiveness. You may have never thought about it in that in that mindset you may have never thought about it in that way but but the truth is uh, along with forgiveness comes power in operation in our lives uh, the, the truth today is this if you hold on to that grudge if you hold on to that offense long enough if you hold on to that unforgiveness long enough friend it will eat you alive Unforgiveness will put you in shackles and unforgiveness will put you in chains. Unforgiveness is not the will of God for our lives. In fact, he says, if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. Unforgiveness can lead to bitterness, it can lead to anger, and it will poison every area of our lives if we live and dwell and wallow around in unforgiveness long enough. Unforgiveness brings spiritual famine and weakness that will bring an ineffectiveness in everything that we try to touch, even through ministry, when we're trying to do something great for God, but we've got unforgiveness or ought in our lives. Friend, it's going to cause a spiritual weakness to come alive in that area of ministry. We can all probably think of someone today uh, who walks around just mad at the world all the time. We probably can think of that person who's just bitter and angry continually. All because somewhere at some time someone either actually did something to intentionally hurt them or they imagined that somebody did something to hurt them. And as a result, they ended up offended and they've held on to that offense ever since. They've held on to that grudge and they walk in that grudge every day of their life. And that bitterness and that anger has eaten them alive to the point that that's their persona. That's who they are in operation in their life. 
In my time of ministry, I've known of a lot of people. I've encountered several uh, throughout my time of ministry who were so filled with anger and unforgiveness because of something that had happened in the, in the realm of the church world that just to mention church to them, just to mention the name Jesus to them, they immediately flew into a fit of rage because they'd been hurt by a church or they'd been hurt by a person who represented a church. And so now in their lifetime, they didn't want anything to do with church. They had unforgiveness greater in operation in their life than the forgiveness that had been doled out to them. Come on, we need forgiveness in operation in our lives, church. Church, it's the, the time I believe that we need to see the glorious power of forgiveness in operation in our world and our society. There's so many things that are happening that are so offensive. I, I, I know they offend God. I know they offend God. But here's the thing about our God, even through the offenses that go His direction, even through the events that are unfolding in our world and our society today that offend God, He still stands with arms wide open and He still offers forgiveness unto them. Listen, I submit to you this morning, uh, we take on the grudge of God many times. In the Old Testament, whoo, I'm going to preach for an hour and a half today. I hope y'all pack lunch. When y'all are quiet, I like to preach a long time. Amen, Pastor. In the Old Testament story of, of David, remember when, when Saul was in pursuit of David and he was out to kill David, he wanted to hunt David down, he wanted to, uh, to destroy David because people were, were more in favor of David than they were of Saul at that time. And, and David came upon Saul and he was sleeping inside of a cave and, and David had one of his buddies with him and they, they went into the cave where Saul was sleeping and, and his buddy said, hey, let me take this spear and let me just jab his head to the ground and I promise you he won't get up again. And you know what David's response was? David said, touch not thine anointed. God put him where he's at. God put him in that place. God allowed this to happen. Even though he's wicked, even though he's evil, even though he's trying to kill me, uh, don't you touch him because God put him where he's at right now. That's right. So many times, guys, we take on the offenses of God. We see the things that are happening in our society. We, we see this, this transgenderism agenda that's blossoming and growing and flourishing in our society. And we get offended and we look at it and we say, that's so sick. I'd like to knock them people out. We look at them destroying unborn babies and, and the, the uproar that's taking place over the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And, and we look at these things that are going on and we say, that's insane. Why would somebody get upset about a, a baby saving their life? Why, why would people be so mad over that? And we get offended and we get upset. I want you to hear your pastor very plainly and very clearly. We cannot carry the grudge of God around on our lives. God is a whole lot bigger than you and he's a whole lot bigger than me and vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Just allow God to have his will and allow God to have his way and I promise you he can deal with it a lot better than you or I ever will. I believe it's possible to have the spirit of forgiveness in operation. I knew a lady who I wasn't in ministry, Sister Vonda and I uh, were, were friends with them, but she shared her testimony one time with Vonda and I at their home. She had been sexually abused. She had been sexually molested by, by an adult when she was a child in her life. 
She carried that, that guilt and she carried that shame around with her for the majority of her life. Uh, she felt like she was less of a person because of, of what had happened to her. Let, let me tell you, when something bad happens to you because somebody else did it, it's not your fault. It's not because of something you did. It's because of something that they have done. And she reached the place where she was able to give forgiveness away even to that person who had sexually abused and molested her and she was able to get that burden lifted off and that frown, that overwhelming spirit that would just overwhelm her life lifted off her and a smile took its place instead of the overwhelming power. I've known of people who were wives who were mentally and physically abused who were able to forgive that husband who had done that. I've known of husbands who had wives who were unfaithful to them, who ran off with somebody else, who were able to forgive them. Listen, I believe that we need to get the power alive inside of us to be able to forgive whatever may come our direction. I've been forgiven from so much, and friend, you have as well. The teaching of the Word of God is very specific on the subject of forgiveness. If it's our desire to be forgiven, then we must give forgiveness of way. And if we allow bitterness and wrath and anger to eat us alive, friend, it will. As we forgive, the windows of heaven will be opened up. And as we forgive, joy and peace will overflow in our lives if we'll simply allow forgiveness to flow through our lives. Some things we need to learn today from the Word of God about the power of forgiveness and the first thing I want to talk about is this. Let's talk about God's forgiveness. Aren't you thankful for God's forgiveness today? The book of John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says, For God so loved the world. Aren't you glad that God loved the world? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Oh, I'm thankful for the forgiving power of Almighty God. I don't know about you, but my sin went up before the nostrils of all God, Almighty God, and it must have been offensive before God, the sin that was in my life. Sin is repulsive to God. Sin, sin causes God to be pushed back. But oh, thank God for the atoning blood of the Lamb of God that covers my sin, that covers my unrighteousness. It takes away all my past and makes me a brand new creation. God's plan is redemption and God's plan is forgiveness. And God's forgiveness is based upon God's love. And the Bible says that God loved the whosoevers. That means he loves you, he loves me, he loves the homeless person in the alley tonight, he loves the person with a different colored skin, he loves the person with a different nationality, he loves the person with different political beliefs, he loves the whole world. Oh, preacher... You just don't know what I've done. Oh, preacher, you just don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the words that came out of my mouth. You don't know all the bad junk that I've done in my life. Friend, you're right, and you don't know all the bad junk I've done in my life either. But here's what I know to be an absolute fact. My God forgave me. My God washed me. My God cleansed me. My God made me a brand new creation. And my God is no respecter of person. And if God will forgive me, then God will forgive you as well. Oh, wait a minute, preacher. I, I don't think you understand that, that the things in my life are just too big for God to ever forgive me for. 
Friend, again, I want you to understand our God is a big enough God that he can forgive you of whatever it is you ask him to forgive you of. Oh, I've done too much. Oh, it's too big. Oh, it's too great for God to ever. It's so big, God could never possibly forgive me. Well, let God out of the box and believe God for forgiveness today. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How much is all? Well, it's, uh, you know, that portion of me is too big for God to forgive that much. Well, that, that, that part of me has always been hidden from the world. I've never told anybody about that. Well, listen, God knows about that. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's not too hidden. It's not too exposed that God cannot forgive us from all sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank God for the cleansing power of God's forgiveness. He gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice for the redemption of our sin. The word proclaims that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life and abundant life in the right here and the right now and eternal life in the right there and the right then. By all, by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Ephesians 1 and 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Come on. God's desire for our lives is to receive the rich forgiveness that he has in store for all of us. I didn't know if I was going to say this or not, but I am. You know one of the key factors in receiving God's love and receiving God's forgiveness? We've got to start loving ourselves and we've got to start forgiving ourselves. Yeah. I made mention at the beginning of the message that nobody knows you better than you and nobody knows you better than God. Right. You too know you better than anybody else. I've been married to that woman for 565 years. <laughs> That's just how it felt this morning. I'm not... <laughs> I've been married to Vonda a long time, and I'm telling you, uh, there's, she knows me very well. She knows me very intimately. She knows things about me uh, that, that only my mama knows. But, but here's the truth. She doesn't know me as good as I know me, and she doesn't know me as good as God knows me. And so I carry this, sometimes this load of guilt and shame, or it's possible for me to carry around this load of guilt and shame for ignorant things I did when I was out in the world, right? And I, I hold this grudge against myself, and I think, how is it possible that I could ever forgive the sin that I know that I did in my life? How could I get past that? Well, I have to also ask myself the question, am I bigger than God? Because if he forgave me and he covered it with his blood, if he forgave me of all unrighteousness, then why should I carry around this junk in my brain and in my mind? The devil's really good about uh, this VCR tape. None of the teenagers here today. I just got a couple of good-looking youngsters over in this area. A VCR tape's about that big. Y'all know what that is? Okay. See, the devil's old and he's kind of antiquated. He, he's not up to a CD player yet. He's just got the VCR tape. But he likes to take that, C, that, 
VCR tape of who you used to be, pop it into the player, hit the rewind button, and take you back to when. And we aid him in that sometimes, you guys. We help him in the process. Because we sit around and we reminisce about, oh, man, I remember when. And the devil replays all that, and it takes you right back to that load of guilt and shame and conviction and condemnation. And the Lord says, hey, you know all that, that stuff that's on that tape? I hit the erase button. And I cast it as far away as the east is from the west. It's buried in a sea of forgetfulness. You're not who you used to be. You're not even who you think you are, but you're who I created you to be. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Come on, we're new creations in Jesus today, church. All because of God's forgiveness. What do we need to know about the power of forgiveness? We need to understand what God's forgiveness is. We also need to understand what our forgiveness is as well. Look at the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 44. Jesus said, but I say to you, uh uh-oh, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for a wart on the end of the nose for those who spite... No, that's what Jesus said. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Wow, come on, Jesus, get off me, dude. Pray for my enemies. Do good to those who hate me. Pray for those who spitefully use me and persecute me. Jesus, I want to hit them in the head with a hammer. Some of the toughest teaching in the Bible from Jesus Christ is right here in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 44. When he says we're supposed to love our enemies, when he said we're supposed to do good to those who hate us, when he said we're supposed to pray for those who spitefully use us, how many would agree that this forgiveness stuff is pretty hard to do? (laughs) The fact is that Jesus commanded us to forgive even those that we would consider to be our enemies. Wow. Why would Jesus teach us something like that? Why would Jesus tell something like that in the Word to to be passed down from generation to generation? Why would Jesus say we need to forgive our enemies? I believe this, friend. I believe it's because Jesus understood that if we hold on to unforgiveness long enough, if we hold on to that bitterness, if we hold on to that anger long enough, if we hold on to that unforgiveness, it will consume us and eat us alive and create a sense of bitterness inside of us. And I believe he also knew that if we didn't forgive, we wouldn't be forgiven, even our enemies. According to Jesus, an enemy is somebody who would curse you or hate you or persecute you or talk about you behind your back. Lord, please super glue their mouth shut. That's how I pray for them. By Jesus' definition, we got a lot of opportunities every day to be offended. By Jesus' definition, we have a lot of opportunities as we go through life to get upset, to be hurt, to have our feelings hurt, and to be offended by what somebody else has said or done to us. How many know that we've got a lot of opportunities every day of our lives uh, and the world would teach us to, to take our vengeance now, to go ahead and get ahead, get your pound of flesh. If somebody did something to you, you get them back, right? Thank you all for helping me preach today. I can tell you really are enjoying this part. The Lord said this. He said, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Man, man. Jesus, that's hard. 
That's pretty tough preaching. We got to forgive people. We got we to get past our offenses. We got to get past our grudges. We've got to get past the, the ought that we have against somebody. Because here's the reality heaven is too precious and heaven is too sweet to miss out on it over a grudge that we held against somebody. Amen. So, knowing that we're commanded to forgive leads to the question Pastor, how am I supposed to go about doing that? Well, there's a few things I want to point out to you. And the, uh, the first way I see it that I believe we can forgive other people is that we begin by going to God first. Yeah. Go talk to God about it before you go talk to somebody else about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm really upset with Vonda because she wouldn't cook breakfast for me this morning. Nope. <laughs> Let me tell you guys, she's a good cook. And, and she, I mean, she can make some of the most incredible omelets that you ever laid lips on. And, and this morning she knew I was going to be hungry and she knew that I had to come preach. And so I needed energy to get up here and stand in front of you guys. And what did she do? She said, there's a honey bun and a diet Dr. Pepper. Just go have that. Okay, so I might have stretched that. She might have offered to cook, and I, you know, I'm just, and, and I wanted a honey bun and a Diet Dr. Pepper. But I come and tell you guys about it, right? And so I expect you to take my side and to get mad at her right alongside with me. Where's my men at? I need some... Let me tell you something. I'll get a whole lot further ahead by going and talking to God about Fonda. <laughs> Lord God, help me. You gave her this woman to me, Lord. I mean, that's what Adam said about Eve. You gave her to me, Lord. <laughs> you know what I find most of the time? When I'm offended by something, I'm upset about something, I, I have an ought in my heart about something, and I go talk to God about it, 99.9% .9 of the time, God doesn't change that person. God changes me. And, and, and I promise you this, if you'll go to talk to God about it first, it's going to make the situation, however it works out, to the better instead of to the worse. Because God's going to prepare your heart and God's going to prepare their heart. And, and, you know, instead of going to somebody and saying, you know what, I forgive you for not cooking breakfast for me this morning. They might look at you and go, what are you talking about? What, are you, you're mad at me? I mean, I didn't even know anything about it because you didn't tell me about it. So how was I supposed to know about it? God prepares beforehand. How do, we, how do we forgive? We, we begin by going and talking to God about it. Another way we forgive is by uh, working towards forgiveness. We, we need to be the one to take the first step. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 22 through 25, it says, But I say to you, whoever's angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, or you fool, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, therefore leave your gift before the altar, go your way, first be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come on, I submit it makes no difference if you were the offender or you were the offendee. I believe God expects you and I to make the first move towards reconciliation. 
we need to go and talk to people. If, even if we think they're mad at us, we need to go talk to them. Amen. Well, Pastor, how am I supposed to do that when they're dead? How am I supposed to forgive somebody when they've already passed away? Friend, forgiveness doesn't begin right here. Forgiveness begins right here. You talk to God and you say, Lord, I release this. God, I let this go. Because if you haven't already released it and let it go before you ever go talk to somebody, I promise you it will evolve into something worse and more ugly than it was to begin with. I believe Christians should race to reconciliation. We've got to make the first move. One more way. Again, one more way we move towards forgiveness, and that is, <laughs> y'all are really enjoying this today, I can tell. We've got to take our part. How many know there's a little bit of blame on both sides every time? Luke chapter 6, verse 42 says, How can you say to your brother... Brother, let me remove that speck from your eye when you yourselves do not see the, the plank that's in your own eye, you hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly how to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You got to get you right before you can go make things right with somebody else. How I many know oh, in every dispute, in every offense, there's always two, at least, at least two sides. Sometimes three or four or five or six, depending on how gossipy the people are. There's always two sides to every problem. There's always two sides to every offense. That means we have a part and a role to play in the offense as well. And if we don't begin by examining ourselves, if we don't start by looking inwardly, if, if we're always going to blame somebody else for the problem, we will never come to a place of forgiveness. Right. Well, you know, it's President Trump's fault. You guys are just gone today. The truth is this. If we harbor this unforgiveness in our lives, it's going to eat us alive. We've got to understand God's forgiveness. We've got to understand our forgiveness. One more thing today we need to know, and that's Jesus' example. Matthew chapter 5, excuse me, Luke chapter 23, verse 34. I put the wrong scripture down there. Luke 23 and 34 says this. From the cross, Jesus spoke these words. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. That's the example of Jesus. My Savior, your Savior, left the glories of heaven, the beauty, the splendor. He left a place where he was worshipped day and night continually. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were there in heaven worshipping. Uh, the angels uh, flocked around the throne worshipping them continually. And the Father said, Son, I've got a mission for you. You're going to go seek and save which was lost. Jesus said, sure, Dad, whatever you have for me, I'm willing to do that. So he went away. He came to this earth that he played a part in the creation of. He formed our hands. He formed the tree that became the cross that he was nailed to. 
He formed the iron ore that was in the ground that was harvested to become the nails that pierced his hands and his feet. <laughs> he was a willing participant. He lived a life without sin. He performed miracles and signs and wonders. And then, then he was wrongly accused. Somebody lied on him. Somebody said some stuff that wasn't even true. It wasn't even close to being true about him. And guess what happened next? He was arrested because he was betrayed by one of his closest disciples, one of the 12 who walked with him and talked with him and ate with him and dipped his hand in the bread with him. He knew Judas as well as he knew anybody. And Judas walked into that garden and he betrayed Jesus with a kiss. You talk about an opportunity for offense. You talk about an opportunity to, to, to hold on to a grudge, to harbor ill feelings, to, to, to hold on to unforgiveness. Jesus was arrested and they lapped him around that whipping post and, and they beat him to the place that he was unrecognizable. And then they flipped him over to his front side and they beat the front side of him to the place that he was unrecognizable. And then they strapped that cross to his back and they said, you're going to walk it up this road, this pathway called the Via Della Rosa. And he walked all the way to Calvary's Hill and there they stretched his arms out and there they nailed his hands to the cross. There they nailed his feet to the cross. And as he hung and as he bled and as he died, he looked down from that cross on those who had betrayed him. He looked down on that cross on those who had sped upon him he looked down from that cross upon those who put stripes on his body and put the nails in his hand, and he said, Father, yes, Father, they don't know what you're doing. They don't understand. Father, forgive them. You know when he said that? You know when he looked down from that cross and he looked upon them that were there on that day, the, the Roman centurions who had nailed him to that cross, and he said, Father, forgive them. He wasn't just talking about them, but he was talking about you, and he was talking about me. His forgiveness has trickled down from generation to generation to generation. <laughs> and we think that because somebody cut us off in traffic, We think because somebody said something stupid, yeah, it was stupid about us or to us. Or they said something about one of our friends or somebody we love. Listen, it, we, we take just as much offense because we love somebody and care about them uh, as we would if it happened to us personally. We carry that around and we... And we see them people, we're pushing our cart down the aisle in the grocery store and we see him coming that way and we go oh no uh -uh. <laughs> my mama used to use the term I gotta clean it up for a Sunday morning my mama would say I wouldn't spit on them if they was on fire man that's unforgiveness because I, I would at least spit on them if they're on fire. <laughs> Stomp them out, maybe. Right? We carry around this angst and this grudge and this unforgiveness. 
And, and I talk about passing somebody in the grocery store and turning and going the other direction. Listen, we can pass them going down the highway and go. May the tires fall off your car. And that's just the people we know, right, that have hurt us personally. But then you get on a grander scale of the junk that's going on in America right now. And I'm telling you, that stuff offends me. Yep. <laughs> the things that are happening politically right now create this sense of we've got so much. I don't know about you, but I've done so much wrong in my life in the past and so the disciples said okay Lord I'm supposed to forgive but but how many times like seven times is that cool as long as I go that far with them <laughs> Jesus said I say to you up to seven times but up to 70 times seven to quote brother Chasen Lambay I'm not very good at math but that's a bunch. Yep. 70 times 7? Yep. Somebody can offend me 70 times 7 times? And then when do I start over? <laughs> Lord, they've given up their 70 times 7. They've offended me that much. God, what, what do I do then? Start again. How many times will God forgive me? So this is a Wednesday night sermon, right? This is one of them teachy, preachy. The Holy Spirit said preach on a Sunday morning. This is a, a congregation. This is a body. We are a people living in a world that quite honestly is devoid of forgiveness. We can't but forgive somebody from a different political affiliation because they think differently than we do. We're Americans, you guys. If we could get back, instead of right and left and far right and far left and, right. and this political scene and that, if we could get back to the place of just going, we're Americans. Yes. Yes. And I know people would say, well, pastor, they don't think that way, so how can we think that way? Somebody's got to start. Yes. Somebody's got to start. We can't carry around unforgiveness in our lives. And expect to ever do anything great for the kingdom of heaven. I, oh! I have so many guys that I went through Bible college with and that are pastors of churches. And you know, as a pastor, it's really easy to get hurt. It's really easy. Because I've I've told you guys before the relationship between a pastor and a church is as close to the relationship between a husband and a wife as you possibly can have. I, you give yourself for that church. You love that church. You're married to that church. You, you wake up thinking about the church. You go to bed thinking about the church. You, you, you work for the church. You dream for the church all the time, continually. You're always trying to outgive the church. You're always trying to better the church. You're always trying to do everything in your power for that church as the pastor of the church. That's the job, guys. And I've got pastor friends who, who were married to their church. They loved their church. They gave their church. But something happened and somebody rose up with inside that church and did something to hurt them or to offend them. And guess what happens? The pastor becomes bitter. The pastor becomes angry. Yeah. 
And then all of a sudden your ministry becomes ineffective and your ministry becomes a, a place where it's not flowing and it's not working and, and you're just beating your head against the wall. And so that pastor will leave that church and go to pastor another church somewhere down the road. But unfortunately because he didn't forgive over here, he carried his unforgiveness into the next church that he went to pastor. And so he enters into the new church with already this built-up animosity and this angst and this anger, and you're keeping people right here so that they can't ever get close to you and they can't ever touch you. I'm not going to let you get close to me so you hurt me again. I never want to become a bitter pastor. I never want to allow bitterness to control my words, to control my mind, to control my ministry. Here's what I believe emphatically, and you're not going to like it much, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I believe with all my heart that Jesus forgave in a vulnerable place. Jesus forgave at a position of vulnerability. Jesus forgave when he was spread out on the cross. He was at his most vulnerable place when he forgave those that were there. Oh, Jesus had the power. He had the authority to call down legions of angels to rescue him. But he said, I give my life willingly. Nobody takes it from me. I'm vulnerable right now to forgive. I think we have to be forgiving out of a place of vulnerability. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that you're open again to that same person who hurts you to hurt you again. I know that's not a happy dance. I know that's not a run the aisle time. I know that's not something that gives you the chill pills and you want to run the aisles. But if we're going to be like Jesus and understand the power that comes through forgiveness, we forgive out of a place of vulnerability. Sister Julie, come on, bring your team. Father, I love you. I'm going to preach my heart to you. Father, I love you today. God, I thank you so much for every set of ears and every heart in this room. God, there's so many things that, that jump up in our lives that cause us to be hurt. God, we're not, we're not making light of hurt today. God, we're, we're not trying to diminish and, and make it an insignificant thing. Lord, When we're hurt, we're hurt. Lord, I pray that you help us through the hurt times. There's things that happen as we go through life that offend us. There's there's things that happen that cause us pain. Somebody said something about one of our kids or our husband or our wife or a loved one, somebody we care about. God, help us to get to the place of, of getting past that hurt and reaching the point of forgiveness. Lord, I believe there's... There's so many people that walk around with this sense and this spirit of unforgiveness. Lord, you wouldn't have brought me to this place today by the power of the Holy Spirit had it not been relevant and important for people to, to hear and to understand today. God, I'm asking you right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you reveal to us the things that we've yet to forgive. You said so plainly, Lord, in your word, that if we didn't forgive men their trespasses, you wouldn't forgive us our trespasses either. 
Lord, we want to get past the, the grudge. We want to get past the ought, God, because we need forgiveness so desperately bad in our lives. Lord, may your forgiveness flow and may ours as well. God, today, please, have your way. May your grace abound in our lives and through our lives. In Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you for letting me preach my heart. Thank you for letting me share the love of God. Thank you for letting me be who God called me to be. I told you a week ago that my place in the kingdom, my position in the body of Christ is to be an alarm sounder. I don't know how many more times I'm going to tell you that, but I'm here today to sound an alarm. And that alarm is simply this. If there's unforgiveness in your life, friend, it's destroying you. Pastor, how do I get past it? It consumes me. It eats me up. Friend, give it to God. Just lay it down before the Lord today. He said we can cast all of our cares, all of our anxiety, all of our burdens. And yes, I'll add to it all of our unforgiveness. We can give it to Him. Lord, help me today. Lord, help me today. first and foremost, have you received His forgiveness? If you're in this room this morning and you need Jesus to become your Savior, right now is your moment. Right now is your time. Pastor, I need Jesus in my heart. I need Him to forgive me of sin. That's you. Would you lift your hand? I just want to pray with you, friend. I don't want to make you uncomfortable or embarrassed. I just want to pray with you and lead you to, to Jesus. simple should be very easy to understand Jesus said if we're going to be forgiven we must give forgiveness if there's someone in your life whether they're living or whether they're deceased if there's someone in your life whether they're in this room or whether they're far far away and, and you have an unforgiving spirit against them you've, you've got ought in your heart against them I know it's so easy just to turn and to walk out the doors. I know that's so simple to do. But guys, if we don't forgive, we're not going to be forgiven. This is pretty important, I'd say. So I invite you today to a time of prayer. Find a place in the altar and lay that unforgiveness down and don't pick it up again. Find a place where you're at. I don't care. But before you walk out the door, get past the unforgiveness. Lay it down and give it to God. God bless you as you pray.
We honor you today, Lord God, with our minds and our bodies. Lord, may forgiveness be the order of the day in the life of every believer. God, may we walk in it. May we function and flow in forgiveness. Father, I pray for, for blessings over these people this day, that you bring us back together tonight to honor you, to worship you again together, to glean from your word, because you're good, Lord. You forgave us. God, we want to be givers of forgiveness as well. We love you and we praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you. Have a great day.